0: We always have, um, for those who want confessions, we always do have confessions on every, th- at every Thursday at Holy Martyrs in the evening from 6 to 7, followed by Mass at 7 o'clock. So if you ever need one, come on Thursday evenings or make an appointment with me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel shows Jesus' personal love for each and every one of us. It shows us just how much it is that Jesus wants to love us. Jesus wants to grow near to us. That Jesus wants to again remind us that his love for us is personal. Here are the disciples in today's scene. And Jesus has been raised from the dead. However, as soon as this is, this is the third time they've seen him, after he was raised from the dead, and in these other accounts, every time they see Jesus, he quickly disappears. Every time he makes himself known to them, he disappears. And here it is the third time. They're still kind of, they wake up one day, and they're just kind of like, we don't know what to do. We're still trying to find Jesus, we don't know what to do. They've lost their sense of direction, they just still don't quite get it. They don't quite understand how he could have risen from the dead, even though he's already shown himself to them twice before. And so they wake up one day, and of course, before they were disciples of Jesus, they were fishermen. And so one day Peter gets up and he says, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to my old way of life. I'm going back to what I know how to do. I'm going back to what makes me feel comfortable. I'm going back to my own comfort zone. And that is fishing. Going back to what I know how to do best. And so in today's gospel, we see Peter say, I'm going fishing. And then he's joined by, we're told, by Nathaniel. We're told he's joined by Thomas the twin. We're told he's joined by John, the beloved disciple. And two more apostles. They go off and they fish all night, and they catch nothing. Zip. Absolutely zero. And then, after Jesus appears to them, they don't know it's him quite yet, and he asks them a question, even though he knows the answer, he asks them that question, have you any fish to eat? Sometimes Jesus is a comedian. He knows these things. By the way, Jesus was meant to be very funny, but as time went on, people took him more and more serious and they look at him as kind of like a sour-faced serious kind of guy who was serious all the time but in reality he meant these things to kind of poke fun, right? Uh, you know, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. That's a funny thing. To the, to the Hebrew back in the day, that would have been hilarious. To us nowadays, it's like, oh, it's an impossible task. Jesus was very serious when he said it. No, Jesus was a very, very funny guy. But he gets lost in translation, right? I also am a very funny guy, but I also get lost in translation. Just stick with me. Good. Good, good. So Jesus comes up to them and asks them that question. He says, do you have any fish to eat? And of course, they say no. And he tells them what he's told them before. Cast your net onto the right side of the boat, and you will catch fish. They cast their net, and they're overwhelmed by the amount of fish they've caught hundred and fifty-three, the exact number. Why hundred and fifty-three? Because it's told that's how many fish were known to be in the world at the time. It's every species of fish that you could possibly find in the world has happened in that net right there. That was what was known in the world. But it's also an allusion to say, Jesus is saying to them, you will be catchers of men after I make you my disciples. You will go out and make disciples of all nations, of the entire world. But here is Jesus telling them that to catch these fish. A curious account. Why is this written? What is the point of even writing this down? Of course, there's so many things John always tells us, that the Gospel of John tells us, that could have been written down, but there just was no space. But why was this account written? Why? Why? Now some say, some scholars will say, the reason this was written is because nobody believed in what the apostles were saying. They believed the body of Jesus was stolen, that when they did see Jesus in those other days, that he was not real. He was just a a ghost or a figment of their imagination. But would a ghost or a figment of of their imagination, would they tell them to fish in that side of the boat? Would that ghost care about whether or not they've eaten? Would that ghost care whether or not would he share bread with them? Would he eat? A ghost cannot eat. Only a man can eat. Only a man can cook. And here is Jesus, as real to us as he was 2,000 years ago. So here's Jesus who asked this question. And as they're coming ashore, here is the Lord of Lords, Here is the king of kings. Here is the creator of the universe. Here is the savior of the world. Here is the almighty God. Here is the redeemer of all humankind. Here is the redeemer, the savior. Here is the all-powerful one. The one who knows all. The one who defeated death. And what does he do? He becomes a short order cook. He cooks for them. He makes breakfast for them. He realizes they've been tired and toiling all night. And they've been working so hard and nothing has come of it. And Jesus cares. Jesus cares enough to humble himself to make them fish and bread to eat. At his very heart, he's Chaldean. At his very heart, he's Chaldean. How do we show our love for one another as Chaldeans? We go out, we pay for a meal. We share a meal together, right? Why do we always fight over the bill? Because it was my generosity that wants to pay for the meal. It was my generosity that wants to pay for you, that wants that intimate connection with you. It's over meals in the Bible, all throughout the Bible. Every time something intimate is shared, something beautiful is shared between two people, it happens over food. It happens over this intimate connection that I'm going to break bread with you and share. Here is Jesus who does just that today. That there are so many people in the world who work so hard in their lives and yet nothing comes of it. They work so hard in their lives and yet they feel like all this was done for nothing. There are people who go home at night who are looking for that love, who are looking for someone to care for, to care for them. They don't find it. As a priest, I've seen parents who want to instill Jesus Christ in their children, but when their children grow up, they begin to reject everything that was taught to them, and that's a great pain for them. There are people who feel as if they've neglected, as if they can't find that true source of love, and they continue to really feel that effects of it, whether we could just say, oh, that's an angry person, or, or oh, that's a person who just kind of doesn't care for me," or he has kind of burned me in the past, I'm going to push them aside. But in reality, they're lacking love. In reality, they're lacking that sharing of the meal with Jesus. What I want us to get out of today's gospel is this. Is that when, as Christians, we come here to receive the sacred meal, that right before Jesus died on the cross, he shared with us that meal of the Eucharist. We know this. He shared with us that Eucharist that after 2,000 years, we continue to celebrate today at this church in Sterling Heights, on uh, 18 Mile Mound, right? Here we are today, gathered. thousand years later, and we're we're still sharing in that same meal that Jesus Christ has given us. What He wants, what Jesus wants from you, our hearts transform. What Jesus wants from you, is for you to be able to share your concerns, to share your troubles, to say, Jesus, I've been working so hard with this, life doesn't just quite make sense. So often we keep it bottled up inside, and we don't really share it with Jesus. Not even at the meal that he shares with us. What I want us to get is a people who understand truly what the Eucharist is. After 2,000 years in the church, we kind of have this view of the Eucharist, where it kind of gets kind of diluted, 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 as if, you know, it's just something when we go to church, we receive. Every time we go to church, we don't think twice about it. Sometimes maybe Master taught us, right, in a good way, taught us that after you receive the Eucharist, you pray the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be, and that's about it. And sometimes it gets lost in translation. It gets lost as time goes on. Again, just as Jesus was funny back in the day, it gets lost in translation. Today, the Eucharist also gets lost in translation. What Jesus wants from you every time you share the Eucharist is that you sit down, you kneel, and as you're sharing this meal with Jesus, as you are consuming Jesus, you tell Him what's on your heart. You tell Him what's going on. He just wants to hear it. He wants you to be vulnerable. He wants you to share those most intimate secrets of your heart, those dark places of your heart with Him. Don't hold anything back. Share it Share your setbacks, your disappointments, your shortcomings, where you're trying to find love. And you will see that Jesus is the fulfillment of all that love. That in that meal that He shares with us, He's trying nothing more but to connect to your heart that His love for you is personal. My brothers and sisters, every time you receive the Eucharist, ask the Lord Jesus. Ask Him. Talk to Him. Ask Him for those things that you need in your life, those graces that you need to grow closer to Him, those graces that you need to love one another despite the shortcomings of each person. Ask Him. Talk to Him. Speak to Him as you would a friend. Speak to Him as if He's sitting across you. Tell Him what's on your heart. And he'll tell you more about how you are on his heart. Amen? Let us stand well with joy and gladness.